Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a career and executive coach, and today I welcome Becky Nathanson to the show. Becky, welcome. Thanks, Caroline. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm really excited because we're going to talk about your non-linear career journey from the performing arts to a leading role in a vibrant startup. And Becky, you are you are my people. You are a kindred spirit, uh, a professional opera singer who has had a major career reinvention. Tell us a little bit about how you started your professional musical career and what made you decide to change. Yeah. So, well, thank you for that amazing introduction. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be an amazing company. My people, as you just said, that's <laughs> hilarious. Um, so I, I got my start in music. I, I come from a musical family, but I, it never crossed my mind that I would pursue music as a career. My family are all like academic professionals. And now my siblings have all grown up to be academic professionals. Uh, and I went to the wonderful University of Michigan where I was studying what seemed like six different majors. Uh, and then doors just started opening for me in opera world. Like I had been singing, but like I didn't take anything, including myself too seriously, which I still, is, to this day, think that is, that's an important thing to do. Don't take yourself too seriously, just take your work seriously. Um, and so then, you know, the doors started opening, and so I kept walking through them, and up up until, you know, I was singing, you know, Placido Domingo. Yeah, pretty pretty good door to open. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah, incredible. So that, that's sort of how that happened. I mean, it was I, I it, it was it was calculated in so far as once I realized people were paying me to do that, I started taking it a little more like the work seriously, like I said. Um, but there was always there for me, there's always been an element of play, like in whatever work I'm doing. That's awesome. That's sort of how I wound up doing that. You know, when you and I spoke earlier, though, you talked about how there was a moment in time and you said, okay, I think I'm ready for something else. And you know what I love about this global listening audience, many of whom are women, they're contemplating a career change or they're in the middle of it. So tell us about that moment when you said, okay, what's next? Mm hmm. Yeah, well, I want to clarify that, like, yeah, there are a thousand small aha moments, right? Like, there's, like, there is no, there is no black and white, and and I think, like, it, if nothing else, my path has really crystallized that for me. Um, there are like a thousand small moments along the way where I would be like doing something amazing, right? Like, I remember two years ago, I just like, you know, Facebook has these things that pop up and say, you know, two years ago, so two years ago today. I was singing on the stage of the Santa Fe Opera. And that was amazing because Santa Fe Opera is a, an internationally recognized festival and my colleagues were incredible and the level of artistry there is unparalleled. And at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, hey, wouldn't it be cool though if I could be doing this elements of the stagecraft and the theater and the production? and Or I would be like, somewhere else like I was I was really into practicing yoga like a really technical form of yoga called Iyengar and I was thinking about like how to sort of qualify Iyengar um, to people who don't understand yoga practice and like I was having all sorts of cool like entrepreneurial ideas and I at home I like 
I drove out to um, Santa Fe and then was like staying at this house where I planted the day I got there. I planted an entire vegetable garden. Wow. It incubated for three months. And then at the end of the summer, I had an entire slew, like, slew of vegetables that I then pickled and drove with me across the country. So like, I'm very like, I, I'm enterprising, you know? And, yeah. and so like, there were all these little moments like that summer where I loved what I was doing. I loved the craft, um, but there was like a ton of rote in you know, you're in the practice room and you're singing you know the same page of donanna so you can get that amazing float in the act one finale and thinking like about all those other things i just told you about <laughs> and where, where then i'm thinking okay so maybe i should be trying those other things like yeah. a little more seriously yeah i love your your passion and your intentionality about being forever curious and and i agree you are very much um an entrepreneur at heart and you know, you told me too that you are a creative problem solver, and you've really navigated mm -hmm. your career that way. So, you know, when you made that decision with those tiny little moments that added up to okay, what else is out there? How did you how did you pursue the next step? Because in between all this, you also opened up a restaurant in New York City. <laughs> Just a little something. You know, you know what's funny about that is I was thinking after, like eight full years of nonstop singing. I yeah. was like, I'm ready for some stability. <laughs> <laughs> and the restaurant industry is that very thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like, I'm crazy. Well, you know, so what was funny about that? Wait, what was the question before that? Yeah, no, that's okay. Political. So, you know, how did you decide, you know, driving back to, the, to New York, right? Driving back east with all these gorgeous pickled vegetables. Like, what's next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, okay. So how did I make the change? So, I, I think... The other, the piggybacking off what I said before about being like a thousand small aha moments. Um, yeah. I, I really like, I had been stuck in this, in this thought pattern when I was doing exclusively the opera thing. And, you know, that's also part of not just opera, but I think like any elite sport, right? Like yep. you're, you're so, you're so in the process and it, it consumes you mentally um, and physically that like, it's almost, um, it is almost just sort of like, what is the word I'm looking for? This is what happens. The problem is I have too many thoughts in my head. This is, a, this is why I need to be like entrepreneur, like doing a bunch of things. Like what I'm thinking is it, it feels like you're cheating on yourself. If you're thinking about doing anything besides whatever the elite craft mm. you're pursuing. Okay. And so I didn't allow myself the space to think of this stuff that I really found myself in this extremely detrimental black and white thinking. Like it's either I get to the Met by 26 or nothing, you know? Yeah. Like I gotta be a star or bust. Um, and so then I found I was having these small aha moments and along with that, I was having these other moments that I didn't qualify as, um, as like entrepreneurial curiosities. Mm. Uh, and, and by that, I mean the pickling of the vegetables or um, I got really, I used to be like a visual artist mm -hmm. and then like stepped away from it for years and then got back into that. I used to, I mean, my one of my undergraduate degrees is actually in creative writing. Like I had a poetry concentration, hadn't done that in years, got back into that. Um, I, the, the cooking thing I started taking super seriously. I would be in the Middle East. I would be in 
Spain, I would be in a, a whole slew of places where, you know, I would try to immerse myself in the culture and most especially the food. And so I would like be just sort of experimenting like all the time, right? I'll try anything twice, not just once. Because once you never know what your reaction is going to be. Twice you got to know, was that reaction really the reaction? So that along with these little aha moments that made me realize, oh, these curiosities aren't just like fun moments. Like these curiosities are trial and error that could lead me to figuring out like what my next project is going to be. That is so cool. Are you familiar with the concept of design thinking? If you are, uh, you're following it brilliantly. And if you're not, you're still following it brilliantly. So way to go you, (laughs) because it, it, I've never heard of that. Yeah, well, it, it, it was, yeah, it was born in the tech world, and it's this concept of, um, you know, designing and creating and following your curiosities and then prototyping and testing. And it's similar to what you're, you're talking about. You know, you're just drinking in these life experiences with all five senses, and I'm thinking of that literally with your cooking, and then right. saying, okay, you know, what, is there a there there? And I just love that open, intense curiosity that led you to new things. It's, it's beautiful. So thank you for your, your courage and your bravery in doing that. Oh my God. You know, like part of what is intrinsically me for better or for worse is this ability, but also like curse to just sort of like, um, bite off proverbially more than <laughs> I can chew. Just like, cause I want to see what's going to yeah. happen. You yeah. know, like, so I'm that person who will go to the grocery store without a cart or or a basket or a, you know anything and yeah. I'll put way too many things in my arms and then I'll try to carry it all home <laughs> and I'll do it like I'll do it but then like I will sort of be measuring in my head like okay like by how much like how far over did I go yeah. like how much do I need to dial it back or you know how could I have calibrated this differently so I guess in some ways like I realized that the sort of like you know, uh, it's funny in, in my in my office space currently. I work in this amazing office full of professionals from a whole slew of different backgrounds, and they call me the Martian because <laughs> 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 I don't like no pop culture references. Like I don't have a TV. Um, I I just like you know this, and then I like say these weird off the cuff thoughts. They're just sort of like weird sort of creative ideas. And so they think, I, I think like they think that I'm just like this quirky, like out of the blue person who just knows a lot about opera, um, but like, <laughs> and which I, which I appreciate. I, I love hearing them, you know, like I, I will say, you know, I'm on Instagram. I'm not a total Neanderthal, but like, and so I know a lot about the Kardashians. Um, so I don't totally live in the stone age, but that said, um, it is, it is amazing how just sort of like letting yourself disappear into curiosities like takes you to this other world and like really lets you observe and explore and uh, not be judgmental of you know what you do which which you know consumed so much of my yeah life when I was just an opera singer well and and for those listening you and I have this um, ability to really relate on this level it is like being an elite athlete but as a performer Mm -hmm. in this case you're using your voice right but Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. it is that level of competitiveness and and staying in shape and staying at the top of your game and Mm -hmm. you know constantly uh, proving to the audience right that you're worthy and valuable and it can be stressful, but I, I want to ask, Becky, did your career, because you're still a singer, right? It, it may not be how mm-hmm. you earn your living right now, but did your career and your training and your ability to survive and thrive in the professional world 
help you for what you're doing now? In, in, intensely. Yeah. Insanely. Tell us more. Um, but I think the biggest strategy in the arts right now is that, I mean, this is going to be really backwards, but the, I think the biggest error in the arts right now is that there there isn't any enterprising um, sort of like business know-how injected into it. Yeah. I think any young person who wants to go into the arts should, number one, but number two, um, should simultaneously be studying business because that's what you're doing. You're, you are getting into the business world and you are selling one of the toughest commodities there is to sell, not yourself, but, but your product. Right. Um, and, and this is, I think what I sort of observed, you know, while I was in it all the time is that so many people in the arts conflate the two. And so you're no longer, um, you're no longer selling, you know, the product, which, you know, any, any person who's ever sold anything knows that what the thing you're selling has to be consistent, has to have quality, um, you know, it has to be dependable. And so if you are selling, you know, this sort of nebulous self as the product, then it's really hard to keep that a consistent thing. Cause like every day, you know, you get a different amount of sleep and you like, you didn't have enough coffee and whatever the thing, you know, your, your dog is, you know, like sick chewed up your score. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, or your, your neighbors were up late. I mean, yeah. whatever the thing is like you, you can't let that affect your performance and it's, basically impossible not to i Mm -hmm. mean there are just you know there are the unicorns who are just like every single time are just insanely amazing and i will say like knowing a lot of those people now they every time after every performance they're so down on themselves they're critical yeah exactly and these are people who are like stars like the stars of the stars and they're just like so down and critical on themselves so i mean you know the the thing is like if you are like studying the arts then like I think business comes hand in hand I don't quite remember how we got on that maybe oh because my arts background so I found that like having the arts background um or when I was doing the arts full-time I had to be super enterprising especially as a soprano you know I know know we're everywhere yes yes absolutely you you it's not just a matter of distinguishing yourself I don't like thinking of it that way I like thinking of it as this is how I distinguish my product this nice. is this is why my product it's not just that my product is is beautiful or that my product can always hit that high note it's that my product every time is going to give you the same consistency of performance every time is going to be an amazing x in rehearsal and always is going to produce y in french music or whatever mm-hmm. like that's the brand right so and let's segue maybe- Because I want to talk a little bit about brand, and forgive me for interrupting, but you have this extraordinary new role. You are head of business development and brand partnerships for Tushy, which is my new favorite company. So tell us about (laughs) Tushy. Uh, But, you know, what a segue. I mean, not linear, which I would never expect you to be linear. linear. (laughs) Beautiful enterprising opportunity. And I'd love you to give a little shout out to Planted, too, because I am getting to know this company as well that introduced you to the role. And I think it's, it's worth talking about how you got introduced to Tushy. 
Oh my God. Well, that's so hilarious because literally the second you said that, Planted walked by. Like, the, <laughs> it was meant going, to be. going to the big conference room and I'm in the small one. <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah. So, okay. So a little bit about Planted. Um, they're an amazing tech startup that uh, matches people with new jobs. So, mm-hmm. And they uh, especially are for creative types who um, aren't quite sure how they fit into like startup community. Mm-hmm. Um and so they have like an amazing small team of people who like already are vetting the process. They already vet the people who plug into the process. So by the time you are getting your matches, um, you already have sort of like been selected for those matches. So you have a much higher percentage chance of being matched with a job. And in fact, I had a number of interviews like it where well, this was like something else I found when I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to change careers. And I'm, you know, I'm the kind of person who I went for the restaurant job. I walked into this interview with with a Michelin rated chef and I was like, I'm the smartest person who's going to walk in for this job. So you should just hire me and see where it goes. And he was like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, not to say I didn't have to prove myself after that, but, you know, that the, the things are a little more loosey goosey in restaurant world at a you know in a certain sense, but but in the corporate world in the startup world you know there are sequences but there are systems in place to make sure that sort of thing doesn't happen so that like you know a, an opera singer doesn't just walk in from off the street and like demand a job right. or talk her way into it. Um, so that's why Planted was amazing because Planted looks at your experience um and i I will say also you know i was very fortunate to have a a network of people who helped me sort of hone in on my skill set which is again why i think that business and how to talk about business needs to be taught in the arts environment but once i was able to hone in on those details then once i describe my resume that way and sort of pitched it that way to prospective um, employers, then it was much easier to make the the switch because Planted had done the vetting and I had done sort of the background work. And then by the time I found Tushy, um, Tushy sort of like, I, I saw the job posting and was like, well, I have I have to get this job. <laughs> <laughs> I must work there. <laughs> I must work there. I mean, one of the job requirements was that you feel comfortable talking to people about their butts. So <laughs> I'm, I will literally become friends with like literally a stranger on the street. So I've, I have no, it's not that I have no filter, but I have no like stranger danger. Like I just love meeting new people and I'll basically talk about anything to, to like meet a new, like I talk to every single Uber driver I'm ever in a new, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm person. yeah. So, and, and my dad's a gastroenterologist. So it was like the, you know, the combination of the that two seemed brilliant. like kismet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what kind of work do you do at Tushy? And tell us a little bit about it. I mean, I know about the company, but our global audience needs to know because it's brilliant. Yeah, totally. So, um, so most of the world uses a bidet when they mm-hmm. use the bathroom or they either have a, a freestanding bidet and for those of you who don't know what a bidet is it is like a, a washlet or like a separate little washer um for your for your under parts yes for your lady bits yep. for your behind um but like sometimes when you have a freestanding bidet you can like dip your foot in or whatever it's supposed to be like a rinser mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um what we do is we made an attachable one so it is it's modern it's sleek it's mobile um you basically like you snap it into your 
like regular toilet at home. Uh-huh. It's like a 10 minute installation, requires no electricity, no extra plumbing. And then literally your life has changed. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why the rest of the world does this. this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like, so the, the, the woman who founded the company, she founded a company before this called Thinks, and it is a panty uh, that absorbs like menstrual blood mm-hmm. instead of having to use tampons or pads that are just like glorified diapers. So, and, and honestly, like it doesn't work like a diaper. It works like you're wearing like really comfy, like yoga panties essentially. And then this company, she grew into like $150 million business. And this was her next company, Tushy. So she she like she has a book coming out called Disrupt Her. Um, like she's a disruptor, and so she likes to deal with like the taboo subjects, and that's where Tushy came in. But uh, she also she's half Japanese, half Indian, so it was like an obvious yeah because like yeah both those cultures are really big into the bidets. But yeah, I mean, so once I sort of interviewed, and I went through many, many, many. Um, interviews to get this job. I went through seven different rounds. Wow. Including, including, I had to construct like a 20 page strategy. Wow. Business to business strategy. Yeah. So you earned it, baby. Um, That's amazing. <laughs> did yeah. you finally meet Mickey, the, the owner and creator, Mickey Agarwal? Did, did you finally get to her? Yeah. So I actually, um, I, the, the rounds of interview were like, so first I, I applied via planted. And then um, once they responded to that, I had a phone interview uh, with the head of operations, who's one of the co-founders. And then after that, I had a phone interview with Mickey. And then I had an in-person with the team where I, I sent them my strategy proposal. And then I had an in-person, and then I had a, a feedback session on the phone where they wanted me to edit my strategy proposal for um, aesthetic clarity. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And then I went- yeah, and then I went to Mickey's house. I met her, and, and I gave her the presentation, and we just sort of met and talked about the direction of the company. And uh, and then we did, like, we did some negotiations with the contracts, which I was I was no stranger to that because I negotiated all my own opera contracts yeah. when I was doing that full-time. And, yeah, and now I am doing this. This is am- it's, it's amazing because I, I relish the, the actual stability of the office and the culture at the office. I get to bring my dog. I, I have some equity in the company, so I definitely have, like, a vested interest in this company. Um, and I'm, it's just it's amazing because I get to use so many elements of my old life that I never would have dreamed that I'd be getting to use. You are freaking awesome. I'm telling you, it's just so exciting to hear about this journey. And I'd love for you to tell us what a challenge may have been or, or is now though, Becky, because it sounds it sounds so thrilling and exciting and wonderful, unicorns and rainbows. And you and I both know that, <laughs> you know, the performing arts is tough, it's tough, right? But what, yeah. what might've been a challenge that you overcame, especially in the transition phase? Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so I think so the biggest challenge, uh, for me in, in full-time, uh, performing was what I was talking about before where you have to be super consistent because you are selling a product and you can't conflate the two and it's easy to do that. Once I was able to stop doing that, I, I took this big step back and was like, wow, this is, so much more difficult than like 
anyone realizes when they get into the performing arts. And if I'm going to transition, like, what am I going to do with these abilities? What abilities do I even have? I think that was, that was the number one challenge. Yeah. What abilities do I even have? I can, I can sing an opera. I can learn an opera really quickly, <laughs> but you can't put that on a resume and go right. to corporate America. Right. Right. Um, I think that the, that the biggest challenge was, was which now I'm describing as joy, but it was this trial and error. It was like all these like little aha moments, all the, all the little, um, all the little discoveries that like at the time were seemed like it, when I saw them in front of me, they seemed like they would be disappointments or even failures. And in the rear view mirror, I, I almost like relished that because I realized that those were the moments when I actually discovered who I really am as an artist. Yeah. Because being an artist isn't encapsulated by like what your vocal range is or where you've performed on what stages. Being an artist is understanding your power as a woman, your power as a like creator, mm-hmm. your power as like a a human. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for your willingness to be candid and vulnerable. That that means a lot to me as a fellow artist, but I know so many people listening just need that, you know, that sense of courage to know that it, it doesn't have to be uh, a, an exact linear path. And yours hasn't. It's been rather beautifully circuitous. Yeah. Just like if I had to say anything else, it would be like just fail for a while and yeah. be lost and yeah. be anxious and see where that goes. Right. And en- enjoy the, the vibrancy of those emotions. Yeah, exactly. So Becky, exactly. before we wrap up, because I, I do uh, want to ask, how do you how do you honor your wellness? You know, you talked about yoga earlier and we talked about the elite athlete requirements of being a performing artist. Now that you're in the corporate world, it comes with a different set of stressors. So how do you honor <laughs> yourself and, and what might you do for fun, for example? Oh, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. That's your it's, new challenge, it's, right? It's, it is my new challenge. It's hard to re- recalibrate, like, not having all this flexible time off. Yeah. Um, I have this amazing husband, an amazing dog, and I, I had the amazing husband this whole time, actually. He and I met at our first gig uh, at the Opera Theater St. Louis oh, 10 cool. years ago. Aww. And then we, we just got married two months ago. Oh, congratulations. Now, I, coincidentally, he, thank you. Coincidentally, he's singing a Hoffman, uh, I like to think in honor of our meeting 10 years ago, but he's singing another Hoffman, he's singing the villains. Oh, um, great. So, I, you know, now, now that I've sort of like come full circle in a lot of this stuff, I am finding balance and wellness by just like, really establishing my own boundaries at work um, and, you know, taking sort of stock of the opportunity that I'm, I'm getting paid to like learn how to be in the business world. That's an amazing opportunity. But at the same time, like when I leave, leave it at home, you know, like the Mozart's always playing in the head, but like the tushy can stay at work. And, uh, and then I get, you know, I, I run a lot with my dog and I, I try to see my husband who is still singing whenever possible. Yeah. So that's really how I'm taking care of myself. One day at a time. Hey, let's give a shout out to Planted and Hello Tushy. And uh, the Planted website is planted.com. And we've got uh, Susan coming up on a future podcast. So thank you so much for making that introduction. And of course, of course. hellotushy.com is worth 
everybody checking out. It will change your life. So I'm really excited, not only about the uh, the product, but about your career. And Becky, what a joy to have you on. Thank you so much. I hope that we continue to communicate, but I'm so grateful that you spent time with this global audience today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on today, Caroline. You're so welcome. And hey, to all of you listening, if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. And even better, leave us a review because this really helps people find us out there in the cyber world. And if you have ideas that you'd like to hear us cover on a future show, you can find me on Twitter at Higgins. And I want to give a shout out to my extraordinary podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, our Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, our Executive Producer. They rock this show, and I couldn't do it without them. And I love you, ladies. Thank you so much. And I want to thank you for listening. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Take good care.